Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thank you very much for tuning in to episode 1.17 of The Ball Bags podcast. We promised you 16 episodes, we're going to bring you 18 at the end of the week so we always give you 112.5% I think that works that way um, a lot to get through this week it's the last main episode obviously it'll be the, the couch pundits guide to the weekend next um, on Thursday Friday night so I'm going to have fan favourites player of the week have you seen this but we've got a bit to get through and agree to disagree so I'll take us first up and I'm going to take us uh, basically a quick look over Bermuda Triangles and Sport then the bottom feeder athlete is going to take us on a deep dive into the NFL playoff picture. Followed by the coach who's going to dip his toe into potentially dangerous look at the noise coming from the Irish women's camp. But first and foremost, gents, how are we? How's the form? I'm good. I had a fairly heavy weekend now. Uh, hip cancers uh, and that kind of continued right through to the early hours of Sunday morning. So... Um, I'm not the most joyous today now, but sure, look, we'll get there. That's uh, first. It sounded yeah. sound bleak, didn't it? Yeah, no, I had a good weekend. I spent it over. I just oh, Okay. Go on, sorry. No, no, go on. I was just going to say, for season two, we're going to have to be a bit more optimistic in the intros. I think there's been one, like... Mine are normally fine. It's it's the other lad that I've just... I've taken his mantle today, and I don't mind. I kind of apologise for how we feel right now, which is grim. Yeah, look, I had a just great like weekend. I went to Liverpool. I got me... I got COVID tested. I'm negative. Um, you know, stay positive, test negative, what they say. Just had a little wink and a glance at Stevie G. Um, strange. I thought the way he came out, addressed the Villa fans, kind of only half gestured towards the cup. Um, but in hindsight, and I was thinking about it after, over a point, um, it was kind of like how many times is Stevie G going to go back to Anfield as Villa manager, and how many times can you, you know, bow down to the fucking bow down to the the scouse? Get a week. Gents, who do we have? Do you want to go first? I don't mind. John Cooney. John Cooney. What? I don't think there's anything more to say to John Cooney. He just basically... He just signed his um, contract in France there with that kick in the last few minutes, did he? I think, pretty much. Like, he's not getting a centralised contract from the RFU. He's probably never going to play international rugby again. Um, he's too old now. I think he's probably off now. Yeah, he probably will be. Oh, like, well, like He might stay at Ulster. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with playing provincial rugby and not playing for Ireland. Yeah, but you go go and earn your money while you can. 
Don't earn your money. Yeah. Play week in, week out. Probably more fanfare if you go play for a Racing or a uh, someone like that. They they'll have the budget. I think it probably suit them down to the ground. I think he probably prefer northern Spain, southern France. But I think Racing's probably a good show. Um, I, I don't know if he's he goes. Like a, he's a very French scrum half, though, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's so good on As the ball. He, kick, after. he kicks. He yeah. He's a playmaker. Like he's not your typical. He's very French in his in his in his play. That's very observant. Yeah. Of, yeah. Fair. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you about Peter Atley? Who, who, uh, who would I you just pick? think after Tom pretty much put the the bills nearly out this contention now last night um, and it just made me very happy this morning uh, I, I'm going with Brady he's just a clinical <laughs> man he's just in a, a year it's just going to kind of be like default MVP I think you might as well just hand it to him now I think it's just kind of like everyone else yeah. is just falling off the Fair. wayside well unless you, unless you give it to a running back and you give it to JT but we'll see how he goes yeah, over the last few weeks of the season I suppose he's, he's got an opportunity I think um, he needs yeah look at how it's going to have to be a big few weeks he's well able for it though so I wouldn't um, if there was anyone kind of you'd be throwing a few quid on to do it I'd be kind of looking at him yeah yeah so it was myself I went for it's probably a bit oh, well maybe not off the wall but I went for Conor Gather of Crystal Palace two goals against Everton it's probably a poor peak fixture of a weekend to be on, on a half four of a Super Sunday but I just thought he's been fantastic this season mm. and and two goals like I'd say Chelsea are licking their lips at the prospect of him returning shortly I wouldn't I'd say Chelsea are licking their lips at the price tag they're going to get from I don't think they have any inkling of or any want to play him but at like all, honestly like where is he going to start for them genuinely would well would, would you not think this season given the talent that's around him versus the talent that's around Mason Mount that he's potentially better than Mason oh, Mount oh no no oh, no I, I absolutely no I'm not going with that no I think I think Mason Mount is criminally overrated uh, he seems like such a good lad as well I don't want to be shitting all over him like no I like I no, like Mount but, but we're hot, we're, Mount is, is, is good yeah that's that's alright and take him out for points like if he's a good lad <laughs> but I'm on about like if you're looking to win a title, like does does, does or maybe I that I just see things differently, but I think Conor Gallagher, given the talent that's around him and what he's making work at Palace this season, he's potentially a better footballer than Mason Mount. Like he, he can't really do another loan deal, can he? Jeez, <sighs> Chelsea, Chelsea probably the top loaners in the world. Um, yeah, I know, but he, like he, he is a massive addition to someone's squad because he's English. He's a massive. He's worth more. Like whatever um, price you want to put on him, double it basically because he's English. Because he's English. There's yeah. definitely a world where he goes for fifty-five million quid. Like easy, easy. easy. Maybe it's sixty. The world. It's the world we live in. Sixty. Is a bit, yeah. Look. <laughs> yeah. That's another topic, isn't it? I'd love to. Yeah. I was gonna say, does anyone know how long he's left in his contract? But no hassle. No point in asking you. <laughs> <laughs> like no one's gone now. Jesus Christ. Anyway, um <laughs> Good Lord. That's a that's that's tough. In twenty twenty he signed a five year deal. There you go. So look, he probably will be on loan next season. Yeah. Um anyway, if you had to pick one? 
Gallagher probably for what he's done. Gallagher, Cooney, Brady. Mm, Gallagher. Bon Vida Rally. Uh, I can just see the way you're looking at me. Go on. Connor can have it this week. Go on, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I was actually going to give it to very, John Cooney. Very, uh, very seductively, fair. I was like, yeah, go on, go for that. You can have that. But Cooney had balls of steel. And, and it's also his first win in Claremont versus No, you're right, it Allison. is Cooney. Yeah, Cooney wins. We need an Irish. Cooney, we haven't me. had an Irish in a while, have we? Uh, probably not since Ireland beat New Zealand. Chalk maybe. it down to a bland week of nominees. I don't know if they're that... Like, we haven't even touched on Formula 1, like, but... They're drivers, not players. <sighs> Jesus. Anyway. Um, we've just lost the Formula 1 crowd. <laughs> yeah, well... They're all, they're all bandwagoners anyway. Anyway, moving on. In partnership with The Athletic. Click the link in the podcast description. Get that month free. Um, agree to disagree, gents. Anyone want to jump in first or... Now, I don't mind jumping in first and getting this over because it's very, very fresh. But I absolutely, it is a bit of an agree or disagree statement, maybe. Mm. Um, if you want me to dip the toe in there and without drowning, you know, it'll be a tough ask. But if you, uh, look, if you want me to jump to the back because it might cause controversy, that's okay too. I'll jump in. <laughs> you can go second. That's no, okay. Uh, I'll jump in. Just think, yeah, because there's, there's new articles flashing up on my phone as we speak so uh, I suppose I'm looking at quick, quick look at Bermuda Triangles gents in sport so it's a double barreled question so I'll go with the first barrel first so Dian- uh, Zion's struggles in Louisiana is there a point where we say it's no longer bad luck it's a reflection of attitude or is it organisation dysfunction we, we've touched on the dysfunction in the Pelicans, especially with that ownership group also owning the New Orleans Saints. So the the current situation at play obviously is Zion is he's really overweight. Um I don't have the poundage to hand, but I know it was, it was fairly far north of Yeah. What's that in kilos, bottom feeder? Uh divide it roughly by half. Uh, three twenty by I'm just thinking for the European listeners. Divided by two point two. Which, uh, Matt's is not, he put me on the bad one here now. 145 yeah, kilos. Sounds about right. Yeah, in, in the round. Yeah. Imagine that lad coming down the lane um, at 145 kilos. Like, good lord. Apology, apologies, Sask. Work away. I was just thinking outside the box. Go on. No, you're grand. <laughs> um, but it's more a fact of the way it is now an issue with his rehab because he's too heavy to fully rehab on his foot. He's come back from foot surgery. The injuries he's amassed are a direct reflection of the freakish X-Men style strength and explosivity has at that size. And he's, like, he's always big. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder, is is the weight issue... Is it, is it just bad luck? Or the injury issues, is it just bad luck? Is it... Is the weight now an, an attitude issue or is it a symptom of poor management within the organisation? Uh, I think there is a very small window here where it's going to be the point of no return with Zion, especially in, in New Orleans. Like, look, since 
the day he blew out the sneaker in the college game, he like it's always been the hot topic. Zion, you hear the word overweight or you know something to do with his weight. Uh, that you know a fella just built like that shouldn't have you know the kind of the vertical jumping and like the speed and he seems to have just this stupid blend of uh, bone structure and like kind of like an Olympian athlete as well Um, and I think part of it is definitely like that he wants out of there and he's kind of willing to to basically kind of at this point jeopardize his career to to move um but i think like kind of when you see the photos of, have you seen the photos of no, I have, yeah. i'm currently seeing yeah, like i think like now you're kind of going like whoever's advising him really should be like stop well i get better photos if i google zion fat or just uh, zion. like i think if you just google zion the, the best pic- the best picture the best picture is the two season launches. There's one from last year's season launch. And you can, like, he's still big, obviously, but you can see muscle definition and serration and stuff like that versus now, where he looks like, what, what do you call your man, Buck Rogers, that sideline NFL reporter. Um, yeah, but just, like, when you look at, say, the disaster, I suppose, that was the maybe Anthony Davis tenure in, in New Orleans and how like you're talking about someone who's brought to the Olympics before he before he played in, in the NBA versus now Zion it's potentially too we can make comments about the attitude because um, you would have question marks over Anthony Davis's attitude but it's potentially two generational talents that could walk out of the organisation I don't think Anthony Davis is a generational talent seen the f- by the way just Oh, I, oh, just by the way, he 110% is generational talent, but talent is the floor attitude of the scene. <laughs> um, Very nice. So, uh, but Anthony Davis has all the talent in the world to be the most dominant player in the NBA. He just doesn't have the attitude. He's a he's a he's a two. He's Scottie Pippen. Yeah, I think it like especially how the Lakers have opened up this year. Anyways, we're getting off. He's soft. He's soft. Like that's that's what you. That's the word you're looking for. In junior, in junior, junior B football, you call him Yella. Um, but but like, surely the Pelicans have to be called in. Like, how has he gotten away with it? How is he? That, and that's league, bud. How has he gotten away? Like, players league. Yeah, keep finding him. Take it. Keep taking the money away from him. He should in the contract. There should be something in there saying, you know, you have to hit these targets. It happens. Do you know what I mean? As you you go back to junior B, you sign a contract saying I'm not going to drink until X. Like some, you don't even get paid. That doesn't happen. Just that's not yeah, but whatever I'm getting fined, like this. He's lad, getting paid. He's not. He's not sticking to his contract. He's, yeah, he's also getting money like everywhere, left, right, and center too. Like, like you know, he's gotten endorsements as well. Like he's not. Yeah, I'd be Wendy, Wendy's every day he's too. Not then. afraid of losing the money. He's obviously not afraid of it because, like, he's three hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, but what what's what's his playing weight? What should it be? Probably two eighty or two ninety. Like maybe two eighty. I think it was two seventy when he was. That was listed so in college. He needs to lose what twenty ki- twenty kilos. He needs to lose a knee. Like like to be honest, he needs to lose <laughs> one one bottom feeder. 
person. Like, 20 kilos is a lot to turn around. It's not easy. You see, and here's the thing with Zion, he, he's, he's always going to be big. Like, even when he was at Duke and they were going through March Madness and you, you're playing basketball every single day, he was still big. Like, he's like, uh, I suppose the the closest thing we'd have to it here in this country is probably Joe Canning. He always carried that little bit of weight. Remember the fat kid in school that was really skillful? In all the horn exactly he played. exactly who Zion is. Mm. And you'd be like, geez, your man is great. I'd say, I, I, think it, I, think, I think it's harsh on Joe Canning, to be fair. <laughs> well, he, he did always carry a little bit of weight, mate. In all the horn he played. Well, he looks for great Pertomna, now. For Tomna, for college, for... He looks smashing now. Yeah. Looks, Michael Murphy. Looks great Dunning in the jumper. Um, <laughs> no, look. I just... I just think, where do you, where does it stop? Like that that I'm not joking. That twenty kilos turn like if if this is a ploy just to get out of New Orleans, like it's not working for him. It is there's only it's too hard to turn around that type of way in in what you'd have four months you'd have to have it done. Well, look, he's now making it even harder and harder for them to get the compensation that they'd ideally be looking at to get back from him because. Like if you were the if you were any of those big market teams, like say like what said Boston were in for him, like I'm not giving up Tatum or Jalen Brown as much as I like to criticize them for you know the kid that can't stop eating chocolate and threw the prams out of rattle. You know what I mean? Like through the prams out of You can have the fellow that refers to himself as freedom and a second round draft pick I can't yeah like I Thank can't you. buy into that now as, as good as he is and I'd say he's still going to be quality at that way but it's just not sustainable on the body that's all you worry about is the body really that's if you look yeah, at the injuries as well it's definitely you like meniscus you, you can do a meniscus as an athlete but he's a heavy athlete so it's, I don't think it's just down to his athleticism that he's done his meniscus it's 100% down to the weight building on the top side of the waist the wrong side of the waist like. it's, it's, it's kind of like a reverse Derek Rose, who was too powerful for his body. Yeah, Zion's probably too heavy for his power. He's just a weird. He's just a weird like. It's weird. weird. An X man, an X man. But look, I suppose there is a second part to the question. It's probably a bit more in jest and, and fun. So, obviously, look. I know we didn't really fully get into it, but the Pelicans are a bit of a dysfunctional organization, but. What is, what are the ultimate Bermuda Triangles of wasted sporting talent in the entire sporting landscape? And I'll go ahead and get it out there because I know it's coming somewhere down the line. It's probably Arsenal. When you look at the amount of talent that's come out of the academy over the last 15 years and the talent players shown at the, at the start of their career versus delivery in terms of titles and medals. and that type I actually disagree with you on that. I don't think I don't think really? it's like explain to me how you worded that question exactly a Bermuda Triangle of it's where talent gets wasted so it's not necessarily a talentless Gone. place the, not necessarily not, not a talentless place but a place where so like obviously you're looking at an American example it's where top level talent gets drafted and, and, and dies but from a footballing sense or maybe a more European look at things it could be where talent is developed but it doesn't reach its potential there I tell you where it's turning into a Bermuda Triangle Inter, Inter Miami really 
I think so. You look at the signings they made, like um, Matuidi, Higuain, um, what was that, Lewis Morgan, who's just left him yesterday. Like, big talents went there. Ah, yeah, but they went and for a payday. Big... That's, that's, you know, that's drumming up the interest. That's, that's different. Not, like, and they were all in the, at the end of their careers. I don't know. Lewis Morgan's not nearly, what is he, 24? He should still be playing, he should be in England. Money talks, though. Fair. Yeah, um, like there was definitely a period where it was Detroit, Cleveland and Cincinnati was where there was a guaranteed first round draft pick for a good decade and that was the ultimate that's still very much those three sides. Kind of, that's still in play like until until kind of the Browns wrap up another like three to four winning seasons I don't think you could ever say they yeah. can't go back there no um, and look I know they're still a while, a while away but the more I see him Joe Barrow does look like an absolute hit in Cincinnati uh, like yeah I don't think they're going back for a while to be honest I don't care how bad everyone else is around him. He's just gonna make it work, isn't he? Mm-hmm. We just, just him, yeah. him and Jamar Chase are like Brady and. You just Randy need Mon. one, though. That's it. Sometimes you just yeah. need one. You don't see him piling sixty kegs on, do you? Getting nice and getting. What about um? Like. What about? Or two come to mind. Drew Brees at the Saints did that turn into a Bermuda Triangle for him? No well you could say the Chargers couldn't you with the whole Drew Brees situation and the, the old Ryan Leaf fiasco. I'd always make the argument the Chargers always have talent and he'd blame it straight away on the physio staff and the lack of direction <laughs> to be honest with you um, but do you know when you said Drew Brees there like the Saints Obviously, um, were decent at stockpiling talent as well, but they obviously had a lot of that. Remember, like the bounty gate, the catfishes and stuff that sent them back. Uh, a few years as well, like some of the, some of the places. Uh, if you look at teams, there has been kind of one guy just masking it up a lot of the time for him as well, and then as soon as he's gone, uh it just it turns into chaos for a bit like Andrew Luck came on the Colts turned that roster around in one year at the time and then sure by the time he was broken they only started putting talent around him then so yeah but the only thing about that Colts roster is it was coming off Peyton Manning you know and I know they won Super Bowl with Peyton Manning but they were gunning for titles every year on the money. Well, not every year, but I know. But once he was gone, it was like it was straight like the nose dive, and then back through. How, how, how have we not brought up the Jets? Goddamn Jets! Dolphins can be sometimes a lot. Of, a lot of AFC North teams can, or yeah, AFC North teams can, uh, or AFC East teams rather. Sorry, outside of obviously Washington Patriots. Are a fine spot for dysfunction right now. Yeah, um, but kind of it pains me to say it. I mean, that, could go on, Sam. Go on, Sass. Go on. No, go, I no was, go on for it. I was gonna say, as much as it pains me to say, there's a period of time there at Liverpool 
where it did probably turn into like you look at the people that went there like Gerard was obviously there anyway but you look at Torres going in Suarez not really coming away with it and like Torres kind of was a cold hero but he kind of ended up with nothing yeah he flopped well, there Chelsea kind of, so was that Liverpool well it's not Liverpool's fault it's Chelsea's fault but I always kind of thought the Liverpool had too many like Andre Varnins mm. <laughs> Vladimir Smeetzers and They'd, they'd get good talent but they just wouldn't they'd no. buy a lot of role players who were terrible John Joe Shelby got it. start it's Spurs yeah you did and what well I mean like that answers the question <laughs> really doesn't it like <laughs> midfield anchored um, down by John Joe Shelby and there's no issues here lads not one like but I suppose the different him, but he's, he's go on I was going to say you laugh at that but he's playing midfield for the most expensive club in the world right now yeah um, Spurs a lot of a lot of talent went there and they didn't, oh. didn't even win a cup like at least Liverpool yeah. won the odd cup yeah no Spurs is terrible mate um, don't get me going because I'll just be pure yeah, bias. this whole topic can just tank on, on the whim and just give it out for yeah. your <laughs> and another thing yeah, um, if you're looking at if you're looking at individuals, John Jones as well. I know he's not a, just a team, just wasted, just wasted talent. Like yeah, but it's lows like you could bring up, like you could bring up like, with Freddie Sears at West Ham, like there's loads of players like Stephen Ireland. Yeah, wasted talent. If you want to go closer to home, like there's loads of of and for one, like we've done that a few times. of different kind of reasons for wasted talent. Like it could be on luck, it could be off. I can't believe Stephen Ireland. Oh. Still can never get yeah. over like Stephen Ireland's story. That's just like uh, me granny's dead. <laughs> like <laughs> can't say that as a high profile oh individual. My. But look, we've talked enough. We've talked enough, I suppose, about Bermuda triangles. Who wants to jump on next? Are we going? Controversy. We're going with the chief of controversy. Let's 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 hit us up. Okay, so breaking news this evening. We're recording tonight on Monday. Um. So, a selection. I say a selection. Sixty plus present and past players for the Irish senior rugby team, um, women's rugby team, have written a letter of, I suppose, of loss of trust in the RFU as the governing body of um, the sport in Ireland and it has been addressed to um, the government Sport Ireland and um, the Minister for Sport Jack Chambers and Minister for and, and Catherine Martin to step in looking for meaningful change so the group has asked the ministers to meet with the RFU and nail guarantees to the change so request oversight of the ongoing reviews which I always thought was funny anyway that the reviews weren't released to the public um, for anyone that doesn't know isn't isn't sure of the reviews that going on at the moment or, or have finished one is into i suppose the abysmal non-qualification for the women's rugby world cup and the other is a general structural look at grassroots rugby all the way up to high performance women's rugby um at the top um i suppose the ministers have replied to the players to let them know that they'll, they've sought a meeting with the rfu this evening to discuss the issues raised and have also requested sport are and will engage with the players um uh, now they say the letter is considered in the utmost seriousness, but all, and that's from a sport Ireland and a government side of things. However, the IRFU have come out to say how based, deeply disappointed they are, and um, I suppose how, I, I, I believe there was a statement of how incorrect and um, possibly unprofessional they, they felt that the letter was. Um, 
given who was involved. I think they probably believe there's a third party involved as well. Um, so it's rocky waters. The 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 players kind of they reflect in the letter on 2014 when they finished uh, fourth in the world, having or when they were ranked. Apologies, fourth in the world. Um, then going to the World Cup, which I think in in twenty seventeen, which ended in in them coming eighth, um, and crashing out in the pool stages, and then obviously not qualifying for the World Cup twenty twenty one, which is obviously we played in twenty twenty two now, um, and then the sevens teams failed to qualify for the Olympics as well. So there's a lot of actual targets they had set out in the last plan when David Nusafor came in that they had aimed to achieve, which obviously they haven't achieved any of them. On top of this, obviously, we had the whole instance with the provincial tournament in Donnybrook where tents were used for change rooms and all that sort of stuff. No great detail in that, but I suppose it has added to the displeasure and the distrust of the players in the IRFU. Um, I suppose the strange thing, not a strange thing, but what's so... Um, powerful about the letter is that if you look at the, the signatories like there's players that have just come in in the last squad um, very very young players and there's also players that have just retired after the last squad so it is quite a large span of players and I suppose ultimately what they're looking for is transparency um, number one um, support number two I suppose and just result like as, as far as I'm aware the players are also um players are also not getting to review this review which is i find very very strange they're not really getting to find the conclusions from it um so they're looking for the right structures processes and support basically from from well whoever they can get and then um just look there's big big names there lynn cantwell seni nuopo uh you know it's like it's it's very powerful now the flip side of this is how much can we put on the RFU that it, you know blame on them and, and how much is possibly the players' shortcomings? That's what I would like to know, and we're not ever going to find that out if we don't see reviews and reports. I feel. What's your thoughts? I know it's obviously fresh in the minds, but um, has anything there's, jumped off the page at you? There's a lot of things that aren't um, the RFU's fault that they're kind of been attacked for and have kind of been used as kind of battens to beat them with. So the key thing is unfortunately and look this is probably the whole importance of the 20 by 20 um program um for highlighting women's sports that unfortunately fell in the worst possible year ever um but so where the area gets funding for women's sports is effectively through the olympic cycle so there has to be an increased focus on the women's sevens because the 15s don't go to the olympics yeah that's kind of a huge source of concern the Irish women's sevens would be treated as kind of almost professional athletes, whereas the Irish 15 side are amateur athletes. Yeah. And the whole issue with Donnybrook, it was a bad look. There's no escaping that. There's no getting away from that. But unfortunately, because they were amateur, they weren't deemed elite at the time. And as per government restrictions at the time, they couldn't access the change rooms. So there was nothing the Irish could do. Should they have located it beside a skip? Absolutely not. Um, but they couldn't use the change rooms at the time. So now look, there's a lot of there's a lot of information in that letter. Sixty two signees is a huge number. Something does need to be be addressed. Um, I do kind kind of tend to sway to the kind of 
way of thinking that if there's enough people complaining about something there's probably is an issue with it um, it might be as bad as they're saying because they could be I think the the phrase used in the letter was multiple cycles of substandard commitment from the union which is a it's an egregious kind of accusation to throw out at anyone because that's that, that's effectively like saying dec- decades of neglect um, I suppose I'm rambling a bit here without actually providing much context but I think there's issues with the women's program. I'm not sure just how much of that falls in the air. Few, but it's it's like a lot of places. Like if your favorite pub won't let you in now because you don't have a COVID passport, you'll scream at the manager on the door saying, "I'm coming here all my life." But it's it's not the manager. It's it's the governance from the way up top. It's the government protocols that they have to abide by to stay in business. So, are you suggesting we go on a vendetta the, against the government? Or? No, I'm not at all. But I'm just saying sometimes the people who get in the neck aren't always the people. They're they're kind of working within the parameters that they, they set. I think the IRFU. I'm just reflecting. Third party is the word I use, but outside interference in the letter, um, and it's not a responsible approach. Are the two standout statements from the IRFU's response? Someone explain um, that to me in Tickman terms uh, because I haven't the clue. Esp- what? Effectively, that they, they, I suppose, what they're saying is the players have seeked third party assistance in this and the RFU are obviously not happy with who they're dealing with or how they're going about it I suppose would that be the best fairest assumption Sass? Fair, 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 fair. Um, whether that I don't know if it's a you know some sort of agency or um, what they're looking at but like it, it, it's a tough one like like from the outside looking in I would have I would have said that out of all the women's sports going on now in the country, obviously we had seen the hockey players do really, really well. I would have said 20, prior to COVID, maybe 2018, 2019, I thought we were doing really well with the rugby. Um, I thought the last little while it had been generating crowds, television, all that sort of stuff. We had our successful Six Nations. Um, but I, I just don't know what went so wrong. Um, yeah, it's hard to know. Um, but like, obviously... We're, we're not the players involved and yeah look I do tend to subscribe to the the, knowledge, the fact that if someone's complaining there probably is an issue it may not be as big as they're saying um, but you know yourself when you're in a situation that's not good you get frustrated and you everything is an issue then yeah. do you know what I mean whereas there probably is some issues and, and COVID obviously hasn't helped um, the fact that it wasn't classed as an elite level sport was, was a real kicker um, well, it, sorry, the international was, but the provincial level wasn't, and that's the issue in Donnybrook. It was, a, it was a international players playing for the provincial sides, but it mm. wasn't deemed as elite. Um, yeah, look, it's, I'm sure it will be resolved. I'm sure we'll probably get to a stage where we will probably have a better women's program as a result of it. To be optimistic, that's why I just don't. I I know like. I, I thought we would have had one of the better ones. I thought maybe some of the players maybe coming to an end of a cycle. Obviously, we've seen the introduction of young, pretty young players. Some of the players, I, th- I think we were probably missing maybe five to ten years worth of ex- players in there, if that makes sense. Like, there's a, a large, a biggish gap, gap between the influential yeah. players. Um, but this is going to make them take a massive step back, I would have thought. Um, I, and th- I, I suppose a big problem is, if you remember the... Um, 
the use of sevens players in the 15s or vice versa whatever way you want to say it the use of 15s players and sevens obviously can't help what you've just said obviously makes a big difference as well and that the sevens team have to be viewed as you know a professional side ultimately um, mm-hmm. whereas the 15s still have their day jobs to go to I suppose um, maybe that causes a little bit of internal stuff and uh, you, know, you know you're just trying to put two and two plus together which is actually a dangerous thing to do but and you know what? They're probably they're probably looking at the men's structure, which men's players sevens is a short shelf life, so men's players will play sevens, will go on the World Series to get a contract, albeit at a lower level in fifteens. So if I get on the World Series, I'll at least get a contract in the Pro D too, or I'll at least do you know what I mean? Because it, it's such a short window, it's used to get that professional contract, which which isn't there for women's but sport at present it's very like yeah. the men's the way the men's game professionally set up here is a very envious thing in fairness like they are mm-hmm. like oh, oh around, like around the across world across the yeah. board for mm-hmm. rugby like you know they have like they're not going spending money beyond their means for majority of time they're able to retain the players that they want to retain as well you never have an exodus of male players leaving here um, so yeah you kind of look at them and you'd be feeling bad that they end up outside the skip. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's mm. something a lot of people that watch rugby and look at rugby will see that. Like the, the, the men's game has so much here that they can't even get a just a little, you know, just a, a reasonable little bit of what they deem is support. Me- Maybe maybe it was held on for too long. Maybe maybe this they've just released this at the wrong time or gone about at the wrong time. Like you would have thought, if you remember the um, the women's head coach's job was advertised as a part time role back in twenty nineteen. Then we obviously had the energy of park dressing room fiasco. Maybe it's just led to like they should have, probably should have gone with something like this. Then that should have been the straw that broke the camel's back. But now it's actually turned out that it's the review or report, whatever you want to call it, which is very. I find very strange anyway that's not been released to, to the players or internally to the stakeholders but like whatever about, like the, whatever about the public but it seems that you know I thought they should be able to review that well, if it's not been released that just doesn't look anyway good it just it can't they can't possibly no, no. be good if they're not willing to release it like there is no other like if they thought now they could just release that and it would be grand then they would also, if they're not releasing it, who does see it? Who who are the people that are gonna you know make help make the changes? Like who who is seeing it so that so we can go? Okay, well that's a problem. Let's fix it. That's another thing you you. I don't know. Wonder you know, when they go and chat to them individually now, one by one, like as player reviews and stuff, and discuss what actually went on with them to that degree. I don't know. Like they can't not do. They have a report, and then they're not gonna do anything with it. Like. Why, why bother uh, then? Look, I, I think a lot of that could change. I think a lot of that could change. Obviously, Jack Chambers, Minister Martin, they've uh, they've requested an emergency meeting with the RFU, um on the back of that letter. That was just reported on OTB there about 7 o'clock. So that's the situation at the moment. But by the time this even gets there, by the time we even finish up, the situation could have changed drastically. They've also just got 19 million off the taxpayer. Yeah, well, I mean, there's... Yeah. So surely we're justified in looking for a report. 
one would assume. Lobbying it now, are you? Yeah, I'm lobbying it. Get the petition out, Sass. It's on our socials. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'd be lucky if we got 6.2 signatures on that. Um, anyway, I suppose, look, I suppose to, to, to round that off, I obviously, I hope it's the the spark that lights the fire to get the women's program to where it needs to be and on a whole just women's sport in general in this country and, and wider um, I think that's fairly safe to say but like just on that thing you, you were saying about men's rugby would be envious like men's rugby in this country is probably the envy of every sport in this, in this country like if you look at League of Ireland footballers looking at the provincial setup inter-county footballers no matter what kinds they play for no matter how much BIK they're getting playing with Dublin or Mayo or Kerry looking at the provincial boys with Leinster Ulster Connacht and Munster they probably are the envy of of every professional sports person in this country in terms of what they're getting and the stature I suppose of yeah. like obviously they're playing international tests like are at the top of the sport mm. Mm. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I know I've put the knife in the back of it, the IRFU and stuff like that, and Irish rugby. But I'm gonna twist it. Just before we move on, Joe Schmidt today um, obviously reports that he's joining the All Blacks backroom team as a selector, which is just twisting that knife a little bit more. So his first game, I believe, will be against Ireland. And is that next summer? So. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot could change too as well. I think. Uh calls for heads and stuff as <laughs> things are things are uh, after that November internationals especially the like whatever about us the kind of we were earmarked as kind of a, a key test believe it or not but the performance against the French was particularly difficult um, to accept as a, as a key we might um, just think it wasn't good enough might French at a different level though they play oh, champagne well, champagne will be that champagne from from the pond on the weekend look for the scoring corner oh, that man is, is a different a different level say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the Durban Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill but look we've rambled on we've done Bermuda Triangles we've done women's sport next up it's a deep dive into the NFL playoff picture with just before I start Rockets. here this is our this is our second last episode it's the last, it's the last full, full episode, episode it? but it's, it's the second so this last is the last chance yeah. these people get to devour this NFL stuff for many weeks Many many weeks. Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah hit right, us up. Hit us so up. we're just going to look at if the playoffs ended today do any of you know where the standings are currently Annie? I have a rough idea but, but detail it for the the listeners who right. are just pure auditory based so uh, the AFC currently is New England at one with nine and four. Shocker. Um 
Well, it is based on last no, season. You can never rule them out for too long, really, can you? Like, how long do you think they were going to be oppressed for? Well, they were oppressed a long time before Bill and, and Tom, so there was question marks. Well, yeah, I suppose. Um, and then we've got the Titans <laughs> at the two seed with the Chiefs at number three. They're both tied at nine and four, and so are New England actually as well. Baltimore are number four, eight and five, um, and then the bottom of the bracket, the three wild cards are. The Chargers, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Bills, and there's only a game separating them as well. So Buffalo and Indy are seven and six. Chargers are eight and five. That's um, that's a bit of a logjam, isn't it? As it stands, that's a colossal, it's a colossal logjam. I'll tell you one thing, um, that Irish fans need to really pay attention if you're looking at the AFC we've uh, not long we've Thursday night a potential cracker in the Chargers versus the Chiefs probably the best Thursday night fixture of the game coming after the best Monday night fixture of the of the season this week but we've Saturday night NFL action this week so the Browns are playing the Raiders at half nine on Saturday evening and then into Sunday the wee hours of Sunday morning the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots is a very interesting matchup uh, looking ahead on those week 15 games Bengals and Broncos as well right Tennessee and Pittsburgh there's actually only three teams at or out of playoff running right now in the AFC like anyone from Miami up legitimately could could grab the 7 seed mm. like no one is good but what like I'm all over that. Like, just from, just from a viewing point like that, I can't remember the last time that was quite bogged up like that. I genuinely can't look off the top of my head. Now I know the chances of a couple of the sides separating themselves as well over the last few weeks is likely, but I mean if we got that down to week eighteen, and it was everyone was kind of within a game and there wasn't uh, there wasn't like any seed locked up that could probably be like the best regular season finale in quite a while so true moving yeah. on to the NFC there's actually a bit more kind of I don't know spitting distance with this one um, as it currently stands with the Cardinals at the number one seed they're 10 and 2 uh, followed by Green Bay and Tampa, who are both at ten and three. Dallas is the fourth seed at nine and four. Uh, the Rams are the fifth seed at eight and four. The sixth seed is San Francisco seven and six. And the seventh seed, which you lads will be happy to know, because it means that Philly are within spitting distance of this one as well, is the Washington Football Absolutely. Game at six and seven. Well, we're also yeah. six and seven. There's obviously a tiebreaker in there somewhere. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, look, I suppose after tonight, that could be a three-way tie on ten and three. Cardinals obviously playing the Rams. I did say that. Like, I genuinely think that that Rams Arizona game 
is the one seed will come from that. If the Rams win that game, where are we, Monday? Rams win that game tonight, I can see them pushing on and then just as easily they lose that game and it's going to be a bit of a collapse and they'll probably end up finishing 6th or 7th. Yeah, it's not it's not a terrifically difficult run in. Like obviously it's a lot of divisional matchups. They've got the Cardinals tonight, then they've got the Seahawks, advanced them over the Seahawks, then they've Minnesota advanced them over Minnesota. I know Minnesota were trying to make a push for the NFC North. And then it's Baltimore which is probably the toughest of the lot, and then San Francisco again. But I just that three game stretch I, I kind of have worries of I know obviously bet the Jags last game but the three back to back losses to the Titans the 49ers and Packers still doesn't sit right with me I just worry that it's I don't think like even just looking at the team sitting at 6 and 7 in the NFC like Philly are there Minnesota are there New Orleans are there and so is Atlanta. I can't see anyone like, uh, like if they're all within a game of each other. I would just kind of think the best team with the best quarterback out of the bunch will probably get it, and I lean towards Minnesota in that case. Yeah, yeah. Look, we'll, we'll see. Like, there's also an additional playoff spot in this week's this year. So, I, I would say New Orleans are done. Like they're they're a six and seven record, but they're four losses in the last five games. Do you think Matt Ryan can make one more? beat the Jets in the weekend. Pop at a playoff seed here. I don't like them either. I I genuinely I'm kind of like Minnesota. If Minnesota don't get the seventh seed there now, I think Zimmer is definitely going to get um the boot. I think they're criminally underachieving yeah. kind of with. They generally have good players and just they can't get it right. They're obviously well. They're always well structured on defense. They've arguably, I know he's kind of had a few injuries this year, but with Dalvin Cook, they've they've a top three running back in the league. And in Thielen and Justin Jefferson, they've probably got one of the best one-two combos in in yeah. the NFC. Why so, you six and seven. Yeah, yeah. It's a, is it you play in a dome? Yeah, it's just Aaron. Yeah, I suppose you've gone play. Mr. Rogers twice a year as well, which is obviously never good for your psyche. Yeah, but but I I genuinely I don't. Yeah, sometimes looking at them, I'm just kind of wondering how they're not really given this. Well, they lost the line. Yeah, but like so. if any any of the years for you to be good, this is a year you be good now and you might get away with it, just because it's so wide yeah. open. Yeah. So who do you like out of that? Give me one from the FC and give me one from the NFC. I've, I've always said the Colts. Um, I know they're, they're way back. Um, but I just think there's enough talent in that roster for them to go on a run. Like, it's a very good defense. Let's get that first and foremost. They have a good O line with a good run game. And then outside of that, you've, you've got good receivers. Like, Michael Pittman is probably one of the more criminally underrated wide receivers in the league. 
Like he's a, he's a good player. But it. And if Frank Roy can just turn around to Carson Wentz and say, "Look, I know you want to play hero ball, and I know you're a head banger, but you've got you've got arguably well, will you have statistically the best running back in the league? Just ride him out, and then they've got tight ends as well. Like they've Jack Doyle, who's he's good production man. I can't so, see a world that they make a run if he is not playing his best stuff. I don't think they're going to get away with who? just riding out Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wells gets well, to kind of sit as in the side cart. I think he'll have like shown a few flashes but like in well, an actual like they get a wild card spot and they have to go all the way through and they have to run the gauntlet like no. But on a minute you're you're missing one key thing they're two games back from the Tennessee Titans Tennessee Titans are bet up they just have to hold off though do you think they're do you think like Indy can feasibly overtake that make that up yeah like the four games left <laughs> they've New England and they've Arizona which looks a tough stretch but in the last two games are Jacksonville and the Raiders who both would have nothing left to play for I would feel at that stage Raiders are still very much in the hunt as well though yeah but I think now uh, having said that they're also in what we both consider probably the strongest division football this year as well so absolutely yeah absolutely what about you uh, coach who do you like especially quiet there especially I fell asleep there for the last 15 minutes mate did. sorry yeah, no, um Just give me two. Yeah. In, in general. Yeah. For the Super Bowl. Um Well the Buccaneers have to do it, don't they? They have to go back. Like that's one. Who's the other one? Um I really want an LA team to be there. Uh but it's not gonna be is it really like Ah, go on, all LA final in SoFi. Yeah, you could go all LA final. That'd be nuts, actually, wouldn't it? Well, would it really? Like, no one in LA sports the Chargers. Everyone in LA sports the Raiders. It's only a matter of time, though, before they buy into the, the big gun herb. Like, it would it be... Well, they didn't uh, buy into the big big gun Kawhi, <laughs> did they? Buc- Buccaneers Patriots. Buccaneers Patriots. Oh. Okay. Oh yeah, this he's looking for the fairy tale one. I'm not looking for fairy tale. I'd like Mac Jones. To, I, I I've come around to Mac Jones. Uh, to be honest with you, who would I actually like to be there would be probably I'd probably prefer prefer the Bills to be there, but it's probably a little bit unrealistic because they've lost two. So. Do you want to know? Do you want to know my my wild pick for the end of the season, running? I feel like you're gonna be really wild, like the. No, not really at all. I see the Dolphins finishing ahead of the Bills this season in one of the spots the one game for the seventh seed potentially um, they're on a five game win streak I was going to say yeah, just, they're on they're the... just one, one game back from the Buffalo Bills who... how good would Miami look right now if Herbert was playing for them with Brian Flores genuinely <laughs> I think they'd be the... pretty good now now the only thing is Chargers have a phenomenal roster. Yeah, I still think they're running. I still think they're a bit away. 
I don't think I genuinely don't think it'll be this year. Like I got ready to watch that game, like that game against the Giants last night, and I was like, chalk it up. That's one that I know I'm going to be upset about in the morning, and they won, and I was like, oh, this is different. Do you know? Yeah, but like I mean, it's just the chart. Like the charges will let you down, pretty hard. Has OBJ been getting more minutes? Minutes, uh, probably not more minutes, but more touches. Definitely. Snaps, we're on snaps. Reps, reps, snaps. Yeah, that one. Well, no, but I mean, t- like targets. Like he's been getting yeah, more targets. He'll, he'll make his. He'll make his. Well, they're hoping he'll make his impact in these business games. Like tonight would be a good start for him if he could really um, kick off against Arizona. I can't remember who I actually had Vance as Jeff- my Vance Jefferson. opening picks at the start of the year. Yeah, you probably didn't listen to it either. So. Well, the Rams definitely. I think I had the Rams because you were the Bucks and was either Kansas City or Buffalo from the AFC. Yeah, I think I think I had actually gone Colts. <laughs> Believe you it or not, Colts. Yeah, because that was outrageous didn't at the I? time. Um, but it seemed a bit far fetched at the time, didn't it? And it's well, it seemed more far fetched at different points um, this season. So. I'm gonna stick with the books, and the coach looks like he's in the going, back. Yeah, of the I'm car gonna go KC. His mom is, his mom, his mom is, his mom is just gone. We've got McDonald's at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going with that. That's who. That's my end of the year picks. Books and the Chiefs. Oh, repeat of last year's. No, I, I like I like the coaches. To be fair, I do like the. The New England Patriots uh, Bucks matchup. I'd love to see Bill and, and Tom battle it out in a Super Bowl. I think it would. It'd be the, the stories, the storylines that would come out of that would be. Oh, look, it's not going to be Philly this season. I'd love that to happen, right? And I know can't the quarterbacks aren't at the pitch at the same time, but I'd love Brady to be on the ground looking up and giving it the Sexton over O'Gara pose with Mac Jones just looking down at him. That would be <laughs> epic. <laughs> Well, Tom was looking to throw down last night. I don't know if you've seen that. He was looking to throw it into the mixer. Um, he was pushing and shoving against the Buffalo. Did you see that? No. Oh, lad, he's just Tom. Yeah, yeah, he was. And then he cracked off a twelve-yard run. Too, he's too good. After isn't he? there's no way he's let Mac Jones beat him. Yeah, yeah. Imagine a rookie beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. No, but he might. He might lose to Bill. I don't think he's losing to Bill in the, in the Super Bowl. If if you had if you had to pick a man like a, a head coach in the NFL to def- and and you said to him I need you to go out there and I need you to coach a game no matter what the situation you need to win or I lose my family you'd back it on Bill and if you want if you want like a summation of that it's that victory against the Buffalo Bills he's just looked at the game and he's gone yeah he's gonna throw three times but we're I gonna know, win but like. It's not gonna be low. It's not. It's not gonna be pretty, but we're gonna win. I just. I don't see Bill, Bill being able to beat him in the Super Bowl. Like just not that team. Like you want a team that will catch him on the hop. Like you want this year's version of Eli Manning, riding hot waves of playoff streaks, and just nixing them ready. It just could. Let's let's see what we let's see what happens with Mac in the playoffs. 
We don't know what Mac Mac Jones Mac Mac, J, Mac Jones could be playoff. Imagine Mac, if he just goes know. through three off three playoff games and just throws like what twelve passes. Well, let's be realistic. Sybil, mm. uh, less and they than win fifty passes in the three games. Yeah, well, Trent Dilfer did it for the the Bucks deep when they won it on the ground. That's yeah. No, that's also that wasn't passing league either. Then. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Look, we we've we spouted on, um, the coach is about oh, to. He's done. He's is he already still here? Is he? He's done. He's done. But look, gents, have you seen this? For this week, what have we got? Bottom feeder. What did I have for this? Was it something to do with a Champions League draw? Champions League draw. The Champions League draw. Did you hear that the balls were heated? Did they, what? they actually said that they reckon the balls were heating, that's how they knew which ones were. She United weren't even put in the round, and they should have been. They There was no possible way Atletico could have ended up with United, because they weren't in the round. They weren't in I the know, pot. And then they got redrawn with Atletico. Yeah, good enough for them. Can't wait for Suarez to absolutely make a mock at them. Jesus, he's not happy now, is he? <laughs> No, he's not. Heated balls. <laughs> That's what they said. Is that they reckon the balls are heated? Give me oh, a break. He's not, <laughs> he's not, happy, he's not at happy at all. Right, right, mate. Come on, look. We'll bring you back to the McDonald's. Come on, I gave him a flurry. <laughs> right. Um, Close second place was probably the Formula One with the last um, one the race last... to win a championship. Yeah, look. I, 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 I'm gonna need someone to explain that to me. How that's a rule. Because it seemed controversial, and I know nothing about Formula One, and I was just like, What? This seems yeah, we'll, have, we'll have to get an expert in, yeah. But look, I suppose Terrain is out, it's been enjoyable. That's uh, the last main episode. We'll be back on Thursday slash Friday with uh, maybe a, a more a bigger um Couch Pundit's Guide to the Christmas, maybe. Uh, maybe, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see how we're feeling. Is there going to be um, some serious degenerate gambling for Thursday? Like, if you got big bets for Christmas lined up, course. I haven't won a single bet. It's only been... It's four-time lucky. Um, but look, I suppose, to look to, just to thank you all for listening over the course of Season 1. Um, we'll be back in January. There's also another volume of Monsters of Clubhouse in production. Um, so that'll be in at some stage in January. Sort of plug. Um, but that's all for me. That's all for me. I'm going to bring this out from McDonald's now. That's all for me. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> and good night.